You're listening to the Mill Sunday School Podcast. You can turn in your Bibles to Corinthians. There's a passage of Scripture that I want to read. It's 1 Corinthians 1, 8 through 10. And you can read along. We have Bibles on the table that, that you can pick up and, and read with your very own eyes. And uh, I like reading out of my own Bible because I, I like to mark it up and underline and highlight and things like that. So 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8 through 10. And it says this. It says, He will keep you strong to the end so that you, you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9 says, God who called you into fellowship with his Son Jesus Christ our Lord is faithful. And in this verse, the reason why I'm reading this section of verses is for this. It's about the church. He says, I appeal to you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another so that there may be no divisions among you and that you may be perfectly united in mind and in thought. Let's pray. God, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for your scripture to us. We thank you for the church. And God, as we continue to talk about the church, your church on this earth, I pray that this verse may be true in us, that we, we may be united, that we, we may be one in, in mind and in thought, and that you, Lord Jesus, will be glorified by how we, as the Mill, as New Life Church, as the Mill Sunday School, how we unite and glorify you with our strength and, and how we are in unity. So God, we worship you and we do praise you. And all God's people screamed, Amen. Amen. All right. Um, there was this a long time ago, like 10 years ago, so it was back when I was like 22, give you an idea of how old I am today. Um, actually, it was a little before that, that I was considering leaving a church. And so this is back in the day, this is actually more than 10 years ago, and I was living in Utah, and I was going to this small church. This is actually a picture, I found this picture online of the church that I used to go to. It's grown to like 4,000 members. When I was going to it, it's just over 1,000, so it's grown a lot in the last... 10 plus years. Uh, so it's a good church, it's a growing church. But 10 plus years ago, when I was going there, there was this series of events, this perfect storm that happened to me, which I'll tell you in a second, where I considered leaving the church. And it, it, um, it was basically this situation. I was going to this church. The, the college ministry had about 10 to 15 people, and we were really close. We were a tight-knit group. We'd go camping together. We'd hang out together. We'd go to movies together. We went every single Sunday. We had our own Sunday school, and we'd go together. And, um, and it was just this cool group of college students at this church in, that I was going to in Utah. And um, it was great. And, and w- one day... Um, this girl uh, in, the, in the college group that, at this church I was going to said, Joe, we need to talk. Can we talk after uh, Sunday school today? And I was like, what? Why don't we just talk now? Why do we talk? It was like one of those conversations. You're like, oh gosh, what is about to happen? And, and so after the Sunday school, uh, she pulled me aside and we were in the hallway and she said uh, something to the effect of, well, yeah, it's pretty obvious, you know, we need to take the relationship... <laughs> We need to take the relationship to the next step. And I was like, wait, what? And it, I was like, she was basically DTRing me. Uh, DTR stands for define the relationship. And so she was like, Joe, obviously there's something between us here. You know, let, let's take the next step. And I was just like, uh, like April Fool's? No. Uh, 
it was it was it threw me off obviously and uh <laughs> it was just a little weird when someone does that and you, you don't expect it usually i mean i hear about these things happening in the middle where where a dtr will happen and the other person's like oh i didn't know you liked me i thought we were just friends and usually in that circumstance it's like a guy and a girl who go out to coffee like every other day just as friends of course and the guy always pays and then maybe they'll go out to dinner together but just as friends of course and maybe they'll go over to her house and watch a movie and they just used one blanket because it was cold uh, and they you know, put an arm around just because it was cold but they're just friends and so, but they've spent all this time together and, and so there's like well you know, one person or both you know, start to like each other and then one pops the DTR to find the relationship topic and the other person's like whoa I thought we were just friends but this to my credit I never spent alone time with this girl. The closest thing was that we all, as a, as a group, went camping, and I rode up with this girl, me, her in the passenger seat, and two guys in the back seat. And so that was like the only like one-on-one time we had uh, with this girl. But in her mind, and in the the group, the, like the girls of the group, were like, "Oh, wouldn't you and Joe make the perfect dating couple? You should, you know, tell him how you feel. You should." <laughs> and so she just thought that I also felt. Uh, feelings for her, and so she popped the DTR thing, and I, I, was, I think I was very nice. I was very caught off guard in the moment, um, but I, I believe I was very nice. It's not you, it's me. I'm just not, not ready to date. You know the phrases that we use. And, and so she, she was like, okay, but her heart was broken. She told the girls in the college group how I broke her heart, and the girls like ganged up on me like a pack of wolves, and were like, Joe, why did you lead this girl on? And I was like, what the heck? Like, I didn't, I didn't do nothing. I, was, I, I drove to go up camping, and there was uh, two other people in the car. That's all. That's the time I spent with this girl. And it was like, why could, how could you break this girl's heart? Like, all the girls in the group, it was just like a small group, all our friends, you know, hated me. And, and so I was deciding, I need to leave this church. I just need to get out of here. There's too much drama. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to talk to this girl. I don't want to talk to any of the other girls in the group who hate me, who are gathering like wolves to attack me. Um, I, don't, I just don't want to deal with it. I, want to, I just need to leave the church. And then as my thoughts progressed, like, yeah, I really want to leave this church. Um, I started saying, like, how, what's the reason? I can't just tell people I want to leave the church because uh, this girl at- liked me. <laughs> and then, like, that's, that's, that's a good enough reason to leave a church, right? That some girl likes you, but you don't like her back. So I didn't want to say that. So I, I was kind of like, well, what can I say to people? And I was like, well, I can tell people that I'm not getting fed here anymore. And so I started, like, telling people, you know, I'm going to leave this church. I'm going to check out some other churches. Not really getting fed here. Um, I, I, I was th- And in my head, I was thinking, you know, I don't just want to leave and go to another church. Like, I have friends here. So wouldn't it be cool if, like, some of them came with me, like some of my guy friends, or maybe some of the girls that weren't a part of the wolf pack, uh, you know, th- th- our friends went to this other church together. If I find another church, you know, and they started coming, then we could, you know, and so in my head, I'm, I'm like thinking through, like, how do I split up this group? And it was very, like, in hindsight, it was very, just not good. It's very deceitful. And the thoughts going through my head is like, I need to leave this church and I need to leave in such a way as to get some other people to come with me. And when I was thinking all these thoughts, a mentor gave me this book. Um, he gave me this book. It's called A Tale of Three Kings. If you want to write down the title, I'm going to refer to it again at the end of this talk today. It's called A Tale of Three Kings. It's by a guy named Gene, G-E-N-E, Gene Edwards. And my mentor at the time 
gave me this book and just said, Joe, I just finished this book. It's awesome. You should read it. And this book, A Tale of Three Kings, is a parable of the three kings in the Old Testament, David, uh, Absalom, and Saul. And, And what this book is really about is how to leave a church. But if the title was how to leave a church, and my mentor gave it to me during this time when I was considering to leave a church. She's like, kidding me? Trash. I'm not going to read this. But it's a parable, and it's an awesome parable about how someone, especially someone in leadership, which I kind of was in this college ministry, kind of an unofficial unofficial leader of the group, um, how someone needs, if you're going to leave, how you leave. And so I want to continue this story, leave you hanging uh, a little bit right now, continue this story um, at the end of Sunday school today, because I'm gonna, it's going to take a while for me to get there, and the reasons about how to leave a church, why to leave a church, etc. So we'll, we'll get there today. Um, but first, just some announcements. Okay, we'll come back to the story. Is everyone cool with that? You're like, man, what happened? I'll tell you what happened in a little while, okay? Okay, so, um, so the Mill Sunday School, as you can see, we have a new logo. Do you see it? Isn't it beautiful? It's a church. It's the same church, but it has some snow on it, and it has a tree that's like fall-type colors. And so, on all your tables should be the new Sunday school bookmark. And so, you could take that, use it as your bookmark. I think it's sweet because it's like a bookmark shape. But then on the back is the next six months of topics. So next month, which will actually be next week, we will start the topic of the afterlife. So so today's the conclusion of ecclesiology, study of the church. Next week, we'll start the afterlife. So that's where we're going as Mill Sunday School. So take those bookmarks, use them, put them on your fridge, use them in their Bibles. Keep reminding yourself of what topics we're talking about and when you want to come to Sunday School. So, and if you're new today to the Mill Sunday School, if you're a Sunday School noob, welcome to the Mill Sunday School. Uh, there's, there's cards on all the tables that say... Um, uh, get schooled. That's like an old phrase we used to use. I think we're ch- in the midst of changing those up too. It's our visitor card. And if you fill out that visitor card, you can give it to people as you leave at the, the, the black curtain there as you, as you leave. Uh, there'll be a table there. They'll give you a CD of some mill worship songs. And the mill is our Friday night meeting for the college and 20 somethings. So um, that, that's about all I got for as far as announcements. So today, ecclesiology, what's that word mean? Study of the church. You knew that because you've been coming all this month and you already knew that ecclesiology is the study of the church. Today's lesson, for those of you that have, the, we call these skillets, the, the pieces of paper that you take notes on, usually there's notes inside, but the person who makes these, his name is Patrick Flowers, he just got married two weeks ago to Megan, now Flowers, um, and, and so he made these before his honeymoon two weeks ago, and I didn't have my lesson out- outlined two weeks ago, so he just made it blank. So if you want to do the outline before, because I know some of us are just, you know, that we'd love the uh, consistency and like, everything to be the same every week. Here's the four points that we're going to outline today. Number one, we're going to recap this month, so that's, that's what we will do. Uh, number two, we'll, we'll talk about the most common reasons for leaving a church, but we'll get there in a little while. Uh, number three, uh, the third point that we'll get to later is why uh, to leave a church. Why would we leave? Why to leave a church? And then number four, how to leave a church. Why to leave a church? How to leave a church? Um, recap of this month. So those are the four, but that's the direction. That, that's what we're doing this morning. Did you get it down? No, you're still writing? Uh, I'll, give, I'll give you three seconds. Two, one.
<laughs> Actually, you're still writing. I don't want to be a jerk. Um, so let, let's talk about this month, the recap of this month. Um, we've had four lessons already. Today is the fifth Sunday of this month, so that's the fifth lesson. Here, I'll go to the next screen. Ready? It looks like you're about ready. Um, let's see, recap of this month. Lesson one, uh, we had Jordan Haley speak. <laughs> I found the most embarrassing picture I could of him on Facebook. It's not that bad. Looks like he just woke up and he's pretty happy about it. <laughs> he's sitting right there too. Anyways, enough, enough embarrassing Jordan. He talked about early church history. He talked about when did the church start, Pentecost. He talked about uh, some of the, the, the things that had to do with the early church, that they lived together, they had everything in common. And it, the, one of the main points that at least I got out of that talk after listening to it on the podcast was that the early church was, is a model for church, that you all live together, you have everything in common. But two things, the early church wasn't without its problems, it did have problems, and the early church isn't the model of church, it's just a model of church. Um, so that was the, the first lesson uh, four weeks ago that we had. And then lesson number two, if you remember, uh, I talked about the definition of church. And remember I talked about how the word church is hard to define, like the word chair is hard to define. And you're like, oh, chair, that's an easy word to define. It's just something you sit on with four legs. But then you start thinking, well, you can sit on other things that aren't chairs, and a chair doesn't necessarily have to have three legs. And so it is actually kind of a hard thing to define, just like the simple word church is hard to define. We talked about how we, as the Mill Sunday School, aren't the first people in history to try to come up with a definition. But way back in the day, in the 300s, the Nicene Creed was put together, and by this big council, this ecumenical worldwide council in, in the 300s, came together and said, uh, here's what we believe about the church. And there was four words at the end of that Nicene Creed that we believe about church. Do you remember the words? That the, the church is one holy Catholic and apostolic. Do you remember that? And if you've ever memorized or read the Nicene Creed, that phrase is in there towards the end. We believe in one holy, catholic, and apostolic church. And we talked about each one of these words. The word one, that we are one, we're united. The word holy, that we're separate from the world. We live in righteous lives as the church community. We're catholic, meaning universal or global. And finally, apostolic, meaning that we follow the right teachings of the apostles. So that was the second lesson this month. Then the third lesson this month was the functions of the church. And we listed four functions. We said there's lots of functions of the church, but the four that we listed and, and held to as our list, uh, because it's so short and simplified, were, were these four, the four functions of the church. And sorry if I'm flying through this, but this it's a recap. So if you were here or you wanted to podcast these talks, uh, you can get those, because um, I, I realize that I'm flying through this. And if you weren't here, you're just like, dude, this guy's like a million miles per second. He's like, yes, that's because it's recap. <laughs> So, functions of the church, evangelism, uh, social concern, that we, we are concerned for the, the world, for the poor and the oppressed, and we do evangelize as well. Number three, we worship in unity. We come together, we unite, we worship our God. That's, that's what we do, our function. Uh, the, and the fourth one, edification, we, we are, live in lives that we, we come together as a church, we teach each other, we make disciples, we build each other up, we edify the church body. So those are the functions. That's what we do or should do as the church. And then the fourth lesson, um, Aaron Stern taught. And I, I found a very funny picture of him. It looks like when he was in high school. That's his wife, Jossie, like way back in the day. Pretty cool. And Aaron Stern, uh, he, he talked about 
that church is God's idea. That church isn't just something, oh, it's like a hobby that Christians do. No, church is something that God ordained. He told us to be in unity. He set up leadership things. He set the disciples to, to lead uh, individual people. And, and so it, church is, a God, is God's idea. And he talked specifically about how we should love the church just like Christ loves the church. And that it's almost impossible for someone to say they love God and not love the church. Because it would, he gave the example that it would be like someone saying, Aaron, I, I love you. I, I want to hang out with you. Let's hang out. Let's go get coffee. I love you, man. I, I love everything about you. Let's be best friends. But I hate your wife. In fact, I have a list of all the things I hate about your wife. I love you, man. You know, let's hang out. But I hate Jossie. I hate her. Um, let, can we still be friends? And Aaron would be like, no, we can't be My wife is my wife, man. Don't talk bad about my wife. And so, in the same way, we, can we love God and then hate the church and list out all our reasons of why we hate the church? It's like, no, church is God's idea. We are the people of God. So that's recap. That's the four lessons uh, of this month. Today's lesson is this idea. Let's take the lessons learned and, and this month and apply them to practical situations. Specifically, what should the church look like? If it doesn't look like this, then should we consider leaving the church? What should we consider? If we, say we move out of state and we're looking for a new home church. What should we look for? What if we find out we need to leave a church? How do we leave a church? And so today's lessons, let's, let's take some of these practical, excuse me, let's take some of these theological ideas we've been talking about and practically apply them to real life situations. So I have a discussion question for you. At your table, and, and, and jump right into this, just start talking because it, we, we don't have too much time to discuss this, but what's the silliest reason? I mean, there's lots of good reasons for leaving a church, but what's the silliest reason you've ever heard from a person leaving a church? So you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about going to another church. Um, the reason is, is because some girl likes me and I don't like her back and the, the girls formed a wolf pack against me. <laughs> that could be the silliest reason, or you've maybe heard other silly reasons, or maybe you've left a church not knowing the importance of the body and the community for a silly reason in hindsight. So, talk about it as your groups. What's the silliest reason you've ever heard for someone leaving a church? Ready, get set, go. I was singing, it could be heavenly. Turn the music loud, lift my voice and shout. Where I am, where I've been. Mic check, mic check. Um, I, I'm probably cutting you short a little bit. Some of you probably have stories about people leaving churches for silly reasons. Um, some silly reasons uh, that I've heard is, uh, it's always funny, because like, New Life is a big church, so sometimes people are like, yeah, I'm going to go to another church. I'm going to try to find a smaller church. Or I'll meet new people at New Life. And they're like, we came from another church. Uh, it was a small church. We're looking for a big church. <laughs> and so it's like a small church, big church. So those are reasons for leaving. May or may not be silly. Um, I, I do know of someone that left New Life because the parking was hard at New Life. It's like the parking lot's so big, it's so hard to get in and out of there. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go to this other church. The parking's better. Like, what a silly reason. Like, that's your reason? Um, uh, let's see. I've heard of someone leaving a church. They came to New Life because at their old church, they didn't like the pastor because he coughed too much during his speaking. Is it coughed? It's like the coughing annoyed you, so he moved churches. 
came and he wasn't around New Life too long. He probably found another silly reason he left New Life. Um, but that, that's, I'm sure you have much sillier reasons that you listed. I'm going to give you the three most common reasons for leaving a church. And it's not like these are like the published three reasons or uh, these are three reasons that I have seen over and over again. I went online. I, I looked at other pastors' blogs. I did some uh, video research, YouTube video blogs, pastors saying here, here's reasons why people leave churches. And so these are the three most common reasons people leave church. And, and I think they would fall under the category loosely of being silly reasons. Reasons that aren't, maybe a better way to word it is reasons that aren't the best reasons to leave a church. Because if you leave a church, as we'll talk about in a minute, as we've talked about all this month, that we're supposed to be united. We're supposed to set aside differences, as the Bible calls us to do. Jesus prays over believers, saying, God, may, may they all be one, as you and I are one. And so, when you leave a church, you should have a good reason. But these are the three most common reasons for leaving a church that, that I'm going to argue aren't that good of reasons. Number one, I'm not getting fed here. So I'm going to leave a church, and they'll say, I'm going I'm to go to another church, and they'll say, I'm not getting fed here. It might be a little too close. Maybe you have, in your past have left a church and said that. Like, I'm, not, I'm just not getting fed there. And it seems like a good reason, doesn't it? It seems like, you know, you should go somewhere where, where you're getting fed spiritually, of course, figuratively or spiritually getting fed. And, and so you, you want to be fed. You want to, you know, go somewhere else where you're getting fed. So, which kind of has the connotation of, like, maybe at one time you were getting fed but you're no longer getting fed for whatever reason, which sometimes has to do with just growing up in the Christian life. Like, if you're a brand new Christian, you start coming to church, every, you think every single message is brand new, fresh. You've never heard it before because you haven't. You're a brand new Christian. And then as you get older in the faith, you're like, oh, I've heard a sermon like this. I've heard a sermon on this topic before. Kind of been there, done that. I'm not getting fed anymore. But the problem may be that you're just growing up. You're not getting fed because... Maybe you've, you're, you're at a point where you need to be feeding others, where, where it's not just all about your intake anymore, but you're, you've reached a place where maybe you need to lead a small group, start a small group, go to a small group and, and share and, and feed other people spiritually with the knowledge that you have. Um, because I'm pretty convinced that um, if, if you're reading your Bible, spending time in prayer, maybe fasting, living a life of holiness... Uh, and, and you're hungry for spiritual growth, I, I personally believe, it's my opinion, that if you just come to church and the only thing the preacher does is just read a passage of Scripture, then you're going to get fed. Christ is going to feed you. And so this, th- this is probably one of the most common reasons for leaving a church, or a stated reason at least. Um, but I don't know that it's, it's a good enough reason for, for breaking unity with, with a particular body of Christ or, or the like. So that's reason number one. Reason number two is, is this, uh, I don't like the blank here, uh, insert uh, whatever you don't like. I like the blank at another church better. And you could fill in the blank with something silly like coffee. Like, man, at, at New Life they brew Starbucks coffee. Starbucks stinks. I, I want free organic trade herbal coffee. And this other church down the road, they brew that, so I'm going to go there. So I don't like the blank here. I like the blank in another church. So it could be a silly reason. It could be, uh, I don't like the youth ministry here. I like the youth ministry at another church. Um, There could be pretty practical reasons. I don't like the parking at New Life Church. I like the parking at this other church. And, And these kinds of things could potentially, at least 
in our head if if church was like a grocery store like oh uh this grocery store king super let's just say i i've been shopping there but i found out that safeway's produce is a little cheaper i'm just making stuff up um i'm not using those two as specifics but like a grocery store like if you're shopping for food you want the best deal so you'd go to another grocery store because it had better food or selection or price but we as we are christians and we are the body of christ it's it's my conviction that that some of our consumer mindset needs to be set aside and it's so hard it's so actually impossibly hard in america that we are so consumed with consumerism and and you're like you need to go where you get the best deal and you need to which kind of applies to the first one i'm not getting fed here i'm going to go to a place where i can get fed it's all about my needs getting fulfilled in church and so if you leave a church because you, you would say, I don't like the blank here anymore or here at all. I like the blank at another church. Then what you're doing is you're, 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 you're cutting yourself off from the community that you've already established. Let's say you've been coming to New Life, for example, for five years, ten years. And you're like, man, and, and now I'm in college or now I'm married. And they don't have a young marrieds group, which we do, but let's say we didn't have a very good one, and so I like the young marriage group at another church better, so I'm going to break my five years or ten years of unity, and the people around here know me, and I know them, and I'm going to break that just because I don't like the blank here, I like the blank somewhere else. And so I would say, that's a very common reason, it's a very real reason for leaving a church, but I would categorize it is not a good enough reason to break the bonds of unity that you've established with brothers and sisters in Christ. Does that make sense? Are you with me on this? It, it may be a hard message to hear, to be honest, now that I'm, I'm saying it, because we, I know that I've, you know, considered, I'll go back to my story um, at the end, but um, I know that I've considered leaving churches and, and thought of saying these things as reasons to leave a church. Um, but I think the most common reason for leaving a church, whether it's stated or not, is this reason. And this is kind of, this isn't like a list in the Bible of three most common reasons for leaving a church. This is my list, so realize that it's, it's probably flawed. But I think this third reason is probably the biggest reason for why people leave a church, and it's quite simply hurt feelings. And that's pretty broad, um, your, your feelings could be hurt by the church organization itself. Let's say at New Life, um, you try out for choir. Hopefully this isn't you. Uh, but let's say you tried out for choir and you didn't make the team. You, didn't, you went to Brad Parsley. They, they have like a rehearsal or it's like an audition kind of thing. I don't, I don't know how it works exactly, but it's some sort of audition. They want to make sure you, they don't want to train people to sing. They want to train singers to sing, I think. But the, there is other groups for people that don't make the choir. Anyways, uh, <laughs> let's say you go to try out for the choir and Brad Parsley is like, you know, you got some great giftings. You know, you obviously have some giftings to leadership and, and service and we appreciate your heart. But, but you know, I, I don't know how to tell you this, but you're, you're not good enough for the choir. And your feelings get hurt. You're like, gosh, you know, I was at a choir in another church or, man, I was in the choir at high school and I thought, I, you know, your feelings are hurt. And I can't believe I can't believe the Brad Parsley. I mean, Brad, Brad Parsley, he can't even sing. He's off all the time. He stinks. Brad Parsley's an idiot. I'm, my feeling, I'm going to go to another church, and I'm going to go to a church where I can be in the choir, because this church stinks. It's a bad church. And your, your feelings are hurt. And when you're hurt, you want to hurt others. There's a saying that hurt people hurt people, which I, I always just say it as hurt people hurt people. <laughs> 
which is not the saying, but it's hurt people, hurt people. <laughs> but anyways, so you, you would leave a church and you'd say bad things about the choir department or whatever, and, and that you'd leave a church because your feelings got hurt by the church. Or, th- this may be uh, uh, too close to home, um, is that when, when, especially our age, or your age, I'm 32, you guys are probably 22 or younger, um, or, or somewhere in your 20s, um, we're, we're in our 20s, we're dating and finding relationships. And what'll happen is you'll be hurt by members in the church. You, let's say a guy and a girl, they start dating and the, the dating will last for a week or two or a month or more, however long. And then the dating will end. And so these two people, let's say they just met at the mill. They were both been longtime mill goers. They start dating. They date for a little while. They break up. And then what seems that's almost protocol, it happens too much, is what I should say, is that one person or, or both will decide, you know, I don't want to be, my feelings are too hurt, I don't want to work anything out with this person anymore, I don't even want to see them anymore, and, and so I'm going to go to another church. And that's, that hurts, I believe that what that does is it hurts the body of Christ, because let's say if you've been going to new life for a while and you're you know you're in the midst of a broken relationship with it's just painful enough on its own that you would break community you'd break all your friendships the community of christ that that you need to surround you in a time uh, of a hurting and, and you just go somewhere else and you increase the loneliness and you try to i don't i don't think that protocol should be when a guy and a girl at any church you know our age we we break up that that protocol should be oh one or both should leave the church I think we should stay in community, stay with the accountability, stay in your small group. Just stick around, even though it hurts. Walk through that. That's the, the Christ himself called us to unity. And even though there's hurt feelings, brokenness, it, it's better to, to stay and work through those things because Christ has called us to unity and, and, and not division. So that's, that's just my uh, little piece there for you to take however you want. But I do think that what, whatever the reason someone leaves the church, I think so often it really is because of hurt feelings, either by the people in church or by the church itself. And so that th- these are the three most common reasons to leave a church. I don't think any of these three are good reasons. But let me give you some good reasons. And so let's move on. Uh, here's some good reasons to leave a church. And it's going to go back to what we've been tying into, what we've been talking about all month, as you'll see. But I'm going to give you a sentence Good reasons to leave a church. The reasons should fit into this sentence in some way that I've worded up here. You should leave a church if a church is in a gross disregard to our definition of church, the definition of church, or in and or in disregard to our functions as a church. Basically, if you want to word it in your own words, if the church isn't being the church or if the church isn't acting like the church, that, that, that would be a good reason to leave the church. And so, referring back to our talk this month, um, we've defined the church in here at the Mill Sunday School as one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We've defined the functions of the church, evangelism, social concern, worship and unity, and edification. And so, I think if the church in some way disregards one or more of these points as to their very definition or in some way doesn't act like the church, doesn't carry out their functions, then that would be a legitimate reason for at least considering to leave the church. And so let's go through these um, one by one. 
Um, but I think that these three, the one, the Catholic, as far as the definition, and then on the other side, under functions, the worship and unity, I think those three things can be talked about as one. And I think if a church, let's just say, let's, let's go with the most bizarre thing we can think of. Like if a church gets together and they don't believe in worshiping. Like, oh yeah, we don't even, we don't sing here. We don't sing songs of praise. But even more than just singing, we don't even worship. Like, we don't, when you, we think you should worship by yourself, just you and God. We don't think we should communally worship God. And if, if you're going to a church that, yeah, we don't sing about God, we don't pray together, we don't worship Him together. You'd be, they're like, what a weird church. That would obviously be a good church to leave. Um, but, but that would be pretty extreme and weird. But let's say a church... Let me let me throw it at you it this way, that if you're not worshiping, if you're not in oneness with the, the church, the body of Christ that you're with, that's probably a good time to leave. So here here could be example. Let's say because we're so technologically driven, uh, we have podcasts and worship CDs. You could potentially move from here, it's Colorado Springs, Colorado, to another state, and so you move states. And, and you decide, I'm still just going to be a member at New Life. When people ask me what church I'm going to, I'm going to say, I go to New Life Church, even though I don't go there. I just listen to podcasts, and I listen to their worship music, and I have my own little service uh, by myself in front of my computer. Well, th- that, that may be okay for a time. Let's say you, you, know, you go off, and you know, you're finding a church, a place to belong and be in unity with other believers. You're finding that. In the midst of finding that, you just love uh, Brady's sermons and New Life Worship. And so you continue listening to the sermons or Sunday school podcasts. But to consider yourself still a member of New Life Church, and the only connection you have is in front of a computer screen, I would say in some regard would be cutting down the, the definition of the, the oneness, that when, you're, when you are a part of a community, you're actually one with that body. And so I think if you move to another city or state, that would be a good time to leave that church. Um, if, if the church doesn't worship God, that would be a good time to leave the church. Like, why don't you guys worship? Yeah, we don't believe in worshiping. What? What's wrong with you? Um, I'm going to leave this church. Okay. Um, and if, if the church, the, the word Catholic means global or universal, always... As, as whenever we say that word, we always feel like we need to explain it because when we say Catholic, what we think is the Holy Roman Catholic Church, but Catholic means in the, in the Latin universal, and so that's what we mean by that word, universal. And so if you're going to a church that just hunkers down and says, yeah, we that meet at this church, us 15 of us, we are the only true church. And it's like, so don't read C.S. Lewis, don't listen to any other sermon, podcasts, anything only listen to our church leader of in this house church of 15 people because we are the only true church. Okay, that by definition is probably the C word, the cult word, right? And so a church that does that is, is, isn't probably being the Catholic, the universal church, okay? So are you with me? So we're go, what we're do, all we're doing is going through the definitions and the functions and kind of making a practical idea of like, what could a church look like if it didn't do this? We'd say, that would be reason to leave that church. Um, let's see, we've talked about one. Holy is the next one. If there's unholiness, and I, I, would, I would say undealt with holiness within a church, because I, I'm not at all saying, oh, if you, fi- if you go to church and you find out that someone in there is a sinner, then you should leave the church. No, 
We're, we're humans and we sin. The church is full of people, uh, redeemed people that are holy, but we do struggle with sin. What I'm talking about is, let's say, there's undealt with sin, especially amongst the leadership of a church. Like if you're going to a church and the, the elder is known as like the town drunk or the town pervert or the town whatever. And you're like, yeah, that's, he's our elder. You know, you know, good old elder Jim. He's just the, you know, the town pervert drunk. No big deal. You're like, what? What is wrong with this church? Kick, get this guy out of here or I'm leaving because like, I don't want to go to a church where unholiness is, is unabashedly just talked about. And it's like, oh yeah, we welcome it. We welcome sin, which is, which is not to say that a church shouldn't welcome sinners, but a church should deal with unholiness, especially amongst leadership or representations of leadership within a church. Make sense? Okay, so that, that's holiness. So if, if you find undealt with holiness, that'd be a good reason to leave a church. Uh, let's see, going on down the line, we've talked about the ones that are uh, str- struck through. The last one here under definitions is apostolic. If a church, uh, and by that we mean the correct apostles' teaching, that the, the church isn't teaching heresy. And so if you're going to a church and, and one day the, the pastor says, hey, guess what, everybody? I was reading the Quran the other day, and, and that's, that's some good stuff. That, that book is true, just like the Bible. And you're like, wait, what? What? Is, no, that, that you're preaching heresy. That would be a good time to at least consider leaving the church. What would probably happen is people would get together and be like, dude, the pastor has lost it. Let's, let's take the pastor out. But if the church was just like, yeah, we're all about it. Yeah, Bible, Quran, let's just keep, you know, just read all these books and they're all just as good. That would be a good time to leave a church, don't you think? Now, now we do have to cross, there, there is a line where we, we have to say that, you know, maybe a, a church starts teaching something that isn't, isn't heresy. It's just a difference in how you may think about it. Let's say, you know, you, you go to New Life and, and Brady just starts preaching about the theology of the NFL and he starts teaching about how the Cowboys are better than the Broncos, which he does too. He does that over there. Is, is that enough of a heresy to leave a church? Some of you are like, yes, it is. Um, but, but that's not, it's not, you couldn't, just because you have a, di- and obviously I'm just playing around with the, the, that because that's clearly not a big enough her- heretical reason. To, um, and obviously it is heresy, but it's not a big enough her- heresy to leave a church over. Not like the other example of bringing the Quran and the Bible and the Baba Gita, other writings onto the table of what is Holy Scripture. That would be clearly heresy worth considering to leave the church if that wasn't changed. So we've talked about those four. We did already talk about the worship and unity. So we're on to evangelism now. And so if a church is just in total disregard to evangelism. Now some churches do it different. Some churches, you know, hold days of evangelism and, you know, go have evangelistic outreaches, which we do, by the way. Um, but, but some churches um, do evangelism differently. But, it, but no church should just say, yeah, we don't evangelize. We don't believe in telling others or, or preaching the good news to anyone that doesn't believe it. We think that, you know, that we are the church and, you know, who cares what happens outside of us? We don't care about the salvation of anyone else. That would be a heresy, first of all. Second of all, a gross disregard to what the church is supposed to be doing, the functions of the church. And I have a quick story that, that may fall into, it's, it's not a Christian church, but a church that I, I met some people in Utah that... Um, 
It's in the small little city of Utah, Manti, Utah. You've probably never heard of it. It's a small little town. And we were there uh, just traveling through. We saw people holding the sign that it's part it's going to stir up things inside of you. But a gory, gross sign of a uh, an aborted baby that said, and the sign said, abortion is wrong. And they're on the street corner holding the sign. And so we went up to them and talked to them, assuming they're just Christians being like not the most, uh, maybe the best way of how to, tell people that abortion is wrong, but we just assumed they would be Christians or something or some group. And they were all dressed very weird, like very, like Little House on the Prairie days and holding these signs. And and so we went up to them and it was like, so you guys, Christian or church? And they said, no, we're, I forget that, I forget what they called themselves. I apologize. But basically they were a break off of the Mormon church. They were not Mormons or LDS. The LDS had nothing to do with them. They were divided, split off. But um, they they were just saying the science saying abortion is wrong, but they were by no means evangelizing because they didn't believe in evangelism because this particular group of people thought believed that they were in direct lineage of Jesus that they believed Jesus and Mary Magdalene had children and they this group were were in direct lineage they could trace their lineage back to Jesus himself. And so no need to, to evangelize. They were the only saved ones. And so they said, you know, Jesus' blood covers us. And they, they said, literally, because, you know, our blood is Jesus' blood. We're in blood lineage of Jesus. And so we're just telling people, you know, to, to not abort babies because, you know, the whole world's going to hell. And, um, and as I was like, just what a weird little group, first of all. But that would definitely be, if your church was anything like that, that said, yeah, who cares about those outside? We only care about those inside, and we only evangelize, we only edify, we're not here for evangelism. That would be a, a good reason, because the church isn't being the church to leave the church. Pretty extreme, though. Um, next, we have social concern, which, which <coughs> goes along this idea of that, that we as the church should be concerned with those outside of the church. That if, if, if someone is in, in need, if there's, we do give money, to organizations. There, there's a flood in Pakistan right now. We've given money to that crisis over there. We do join together, give money, we give funds, we do send people. We do have outreach events. There's an outreach event in here today that I'll tell you about in a little while. Um, and so we, as New Life Church, just to to say that we, we do do these things, we are concerned with those outside of our walls. But if a church just said, no, we only care about the members of this church we don't care about anyone else unless they're a member of this church. You know, who cares about the outside world? We just care about ourselves. That would be a gross disregard to the very function of a church and a worthy reason for, to consider leaving it or ask for change. And finally, edification. This last one on the list of the functions of the church. Um, and edification means to make disciples, to teach, to build up the church body, the, the, those that call themselves Christians and are in the, the church. If, if a church, uh, let's say the opposite of edification is probably the word abuse. If a church was abusive, and unfortunately these things do happen where there's gross abuse within a church, whether it be uh, emotional abuse or spiritual abuse or even sexual abuse, if that happens within a church, then that by definition is the church not edifying itself. And there's just a gross abuse that's happening within the church, then that would be a very good reason to leave the church. So in conclusion, 
these, if a church's definition of who the church is is being distorted, or who the church is, what we're supposed to be doing is being distorted, those are reasons to leave a church. And I think, in my mind, like, I'm thinking of pretty, like, bad situations that a church is disregarding their definition or disregarding their very functions that, that you would leave a church. And, but so often, we, I think we go back to the reasons of leaving a church of, you know, my feelings were hurt. And so, I'm, you know, that, that's really why I'm leaving. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to say I'm not getting fed here, which is, isn't really a good reason either to leave. And, and so if you come to a conclusion that you need to leave a church, uh, here, here's how to leave a church. And, and this could be, let's say, just going back to the example of unholiness. Or going back to the example of the pastor holds up the Quran and says, you know, I was reading this the other day, and let, let's add it to our realm of Scripture, of what we call holy. And you're sitting in the church just going like, April Fools? No? Seriously? Like the Quran is just as good as the Bible? I don't think so. You would, I think before just leaving the church, you should go to the elders or the deacons or even to that pastor <coughs> and say, you are preaching, by definition, heresy. That's wrong. And what would probably happen at a good, healthy church is that the elders or deacons or whatever leadership structure is in place would remove the pastor from the position of church pastor because he's preaching obvious heresy. But let's say that doesn't happen. You go to the elders and you're like, dude, the pastor held up the Quran and says we should believe in it like the Bible. Pretty weird, huh? And the, and the elders are like, no, that's pretty cool. <laughs> you're like, well, I'm, I probably need to leave this church then because that's what obviously is heresy according to the Bible and the teachings of Jesus. So I'm going to leave this church. And so you decide to leave a church. How should you leave the church? And obviously that's a huge, the, the story I just mentioned would be ridiculous. It, that's a ridiculous thing. It's a pretty extreme example. But how should you leave a church? For whatever reason, you do decide, I need to leave this church. How do you leave the church? I'm just going to give you a sentence and come back to the story uh, that I started earlier. How to leave a church without hurting the body. You leave a church without hurting the body. And going back to my story of when uh, the girl in the college ministry years and years ago liked me, but I didn't like her, and so her feelings were hurt, and the girls wanting to comfort her decided Joe is the bad guy, and so my feelings got hurt, and I wanted to leave this church. And I really began thinking... I want to leave the church, but I don't want to leave my friends, so I'm going to go to another church, and I'm going to try to get as many of my friends from that body to leave with me, and we'll start our own little college ministry at another church. I didn't really have any formative plan of like what church I was going to go to, but in my head, I'm just thinking, I've got to get out of here. I've got to bring whoever will come with me, and we'll, we'll do our own thing. That would hurt that body. That would hurt that church, don't you think? It would, it would cause division. It would, people would have to decide. It would be bad feelings. And so when my friend gave me this book, uh, A Tale of Three Kings by Gene Edwards, uh, my mentor gave me this book. It's a book about how to leave a church. And the first part of this book details the story of David and Saul. And if you're at all familiar with that story in First uh, and Second Samuel, you will know that Saul was elected or chosen as the king over Israel. And then Saul, through disobedience, God unchose him <clears throat> as king over Israel and then chose David. And then David fought Goliath. And then people were chanting David's name. Saul has killed his thousands. But David has killed his tens of thousands. It's like the song that keeps being sung. And Saul hears that song and he gets mad. And then him and David 
are in the same room together. David is playing a musical instrument, and Saul tries to throw a spear at him. He's like, that's a good reason for leaving. If a pastor throws a spear at you, it's a good reason in this parable for wanting to leave a church. And so David had every right to leave. And he, he in fact, did leave the kingdom, but what he didn't do was he didn't, he could have. I mean, David was a popular guy. He could have took half the, half the country with him. He could have split the nation, which would have been bad for the nation. He could have done lots of horrible things, taken a bunch of people with him, split the kingdom. But instead, David acted like this. He said, I, it is not my job to kill or to, to take down God's anointed. And Saul is God's anointed. Therefore, I will let God deal with it. And how someone leaves, how, especially how a leader leaves a church, is they need to leave alone. And they need to leave quietly. Because I think we can do, and believe me, you have so much power in this body, as the mill body, as new life body, you have so much power to, to be heard at this church, and then leave the church, and then cause division, cause hurt, cause pain, cause the body of Christ disunity. You have that power. You, you, can, you can make a big mess of things if, if you got hurt enough and then tried to hurt the body, tried to hurt the church. But this, this parable that my mentor gave me 10 plus years ago, I read it and I was convicted to the core, especially about that part about how David left the kingdom, how David did not take it into his own hands and split the kingdom and say, everybody on my side, come with me. Everybody on Saul's side, go with him. But I'm the better choice, obviously. And, and it caused all this division amongst the kingdom. And so when we, if we ever decide to leave a church, we, we need to leave alone without hurting the church body. Because it's the church body, that it's, it's Christ's church. It's Christ's bride of Christ. And we have no right hurting it or causing division. So I just want, in closing, I, I want to read the, the verse that I read to begin us, which says, I appeal to you, brothers, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another. That, that Paul's letter to the Corinthians, he's wanting us to agree with one another so that there may be no divisions among you. Because divisions, they cause pain, they cause hurt, they hurt Christ's body. The, so there's going to be no divisions among you and that you may be perfectly united in mind and in thought. Let's pray this morning. God, we do ask of, of us that, that our community, New Life Church, the Mill, the Mill Sunday School, that God, we live up to this passage, that there'll be no divisions among us, that we be united, that we be perfectly united in mind and in thought, so that we might glorify you. Jesus, you alone receive the glory from our unity. God, we want you to be God of this church, God of the church. We praise you, Jesus. We love you. And everybody said, amen. If I could have your attention for two seconds, it's, it's our opportunity to, to be the body of Christ, to serve another group. We are having a, a military appreciation day in here. And so we've, we've advertised as a church at uh, the, the Air Force, the Army base, um, that, that we're having this luncheon for people. So... At 11 o'clock, which is just in a half an hour, there'll be a military appreciation lunch. So if you're in the military, you're welcome to stay for the lunch. It's for you. If you're not in the military, <laughs> lunch isn't for you. But here's how you can help. Since they're going to be in here, if you could take everything, like the trash, the Bibles, the flyers, and bring them. We'll have people back there, set the Bibles back there, put the trash in the trash can. And if you could tuck in your chairs, because we've we got to turn over this room. Sound good? All right. Peace out, everybody. See you next week.